0: Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Todd, the host of the EM Weekly Show, and uh, Dan Scott with me. And it's going to be awesome. So we're bringing in Brandy Hunter, who is the founder of the Aspiring Emergency Managers Online, the AEMO. You can find them over in LinkedIn, and we'll have the links down below, too, in in the show notes. But uh, Brandy is studying at Pierce College, and she's enrolled in Homeland Security Emergency Management. Uh, Her goals in life is to become a PIO, so if anybody's looking for a PIO, here we got her already for you. So Brandy's also, like I said, the founder of the AEMO, and we really want to talk today about what the next generation of emergency managers are and how organizations like the AEMO can help really kind of help professionalize emergency management. Brandy, welcome to the
1: show. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me. So
0: what made you think about creating this organization?
1: So the organization didn't really get thought of until about the end of July or the end of June, excuse me. But I really wanted to start something that brought um, aspiring emergency managers, but more so students who were also in Homeland Security, emergency management. Um, We are all online We're not face-to-face. We don't have the same resources as if we were at a uh, brick-and-mortar college. Mm -hmm. And so networking wasn't really easy for us unless we were going out and we were doing internships or maybe volunteering. And so I actually was able to attend a business continuity networking meeting, and that kind of sparked my interest. I met... um, Uh, John Hallage on LinkedIn, he actually invited me to that network. And when I got to meet these individuals, these professional emergency managers, I was wowed. And I tried to get a lot of my other fellow students that were also in the Homeland Security Emergency Management to join LinkedIn so they could network and meet other professional emergency managers um, and, and build that bridge. But a lot of them didn't want to do it. So I kept trying to think of ways to connect um, people who were trying to get into the field with people who were already in emergency management. And I just kept thinking and thinking and nothing was really sticking. I thought about creating my own blog mm-hmm. and I just didn't have the time because I'm still in school. I just didn't have the time to build that. And at the end of June, I just it just sparked something. I was like, you know what? there's all these LinkedIn groups, there's these emergency management groups. Why not create a emergency management group dedicated to aspiring emergency managers? And originally I was not planning on having professional emergency managers in there. And it was just going to be us um, aspiring emergency managers talking one-on-one with each other, trying to expand, trying to figure out this whole entire emergency management thing together. But it didn't really make sense in my mind because I still felt we needed to connect with other professionals Mm -hmm. and get their insight. Because, I mean, we don't have that same insight. We're all on the same playing field trying to figure things out. And so I said, okay, let's just bring them all. Let's bring everyone together you know, in this one platform and we can all connect. So that's where it really stemmed from. And then I had John Hallage look at it. I had Eastmar Garcia look at it and they said, Hey, this looks great. You know, let's go with it. And so I just, I just, it just happened. It happened. And then it boomed like overnight.
0: Yeah. It did boom, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So um, ultimately what, what draws you to aspire to be uh, an emergency manager?
1: So I really wasn't interested in emergency management. I knew nothing about it last year. Um, And I was always in and out of college trying to figure out what my path was going to be. And um, somebody said, go into the Homeland Security Emergency Management Program. So I did. And then after learning about, well, I knew about 9-11. I knew about Katrina. But I didn't actually know what went into. I didn't know about the Stafford Act. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And um, I, the, vulnerable, the vulnerable populations and how they are not really handled well as a whole community. They're not, you know, I that drew me in. You know, because I'm a black woman and a lot of my, my black friends and black family members don't know anything about emergency disaster preparedness or anything like that. And, and so I felt like I could be that person, that face, for for them to identify with. And so that way I could talk to them and other people who are in vulnerable populations about emergency management preparedness. So they too can be a part of the whole community. So that's my interest with emergency management.
0: So Brandy, how do you think that we can reach out, we <gasps> as, a, as an emergency management collective body right Dan and I talk about this a lot how can we reach out to say I don't even know if it's high school students where we start or, or how do we get people that want to become emergency managers because like realistically I don't say nobody but there's not a lot of people who when they're like in high school or even younger like I want to be an emergency manager when I grow up it's like I want to be a firefighter right. I want to be a cop I want to be this mm-hmm. or that how do we get people to want to be an emergency manager not fall into it
1: well you know I have a high schooler and she doesn't know anything about it, but when I'm enthusiastic, I think when we first off, emergency management is not a very enthusiastic career. You know, we're not like, yeah, emergency management, yeah, let's let's do this and stuff. And so I think if we exude that excitement that like police officers do, and you know, even people in the healthcare field. Like, you know, my daughter wants to be a nurse. Um, they're really excited. And we need to show that same excitement. And even though, yes, we're dealing with disasters and stuff, we need to communicate in a different context with the younger generation. Because when you just say, oh, well, we handle disasters. and This is what I do. I sit in the office all day long. and Sometimes I go out there and I, I rescue people. You know, that doesn't really sound too exciting. You know, I, I think that the, the, the language needs to be different, and we need to put it out there that, yes, we are helping people in, in disaster situations, but at the end of the day, here are the rewards. You, too, can be a firefighter. We have a lot of people who are in this field that are firefighters. We have a lot of people that um, we connect with that are in the healthcare industry or public health. And We just need to make that connection Mm -hmm. so they can see that we are still a part of the bigger picture somehow, you know, but again, being excited about it somehow, (laughs) it's it's, it's (laughs)
2: having, it's having a, it's having a level of passion for, for what we do, right. You know, the, you know, the professionalism and, and that's one of the things that I talk about the most is, is, is. Um, they say, well, how do we make emergency manager management a profession? Well, it already is a profession and I am an emergency management professional and it's how you go about it and how much passion you show for what you do that then leads somebody else. But as you as you mentioned, uh, Brandy, that a lot of uh, that come into emergency management come in from other fields, from, from law enforcement, from fire, from military, from you know, EMS to they transition to emergency management and um, are, you know, Ultimately, how do we as you just mentioned, we got to be more, we got to be more passionate about what we do, but how do we show that passion to those, to let them know that to, for them to decide, that's what I want to do. I want to do what, what Brandy Hunter does uh, as an emergency manager. So how, do, how would you um, suggest, or even any ideas that you might have on how we show that passion to, to those who aspire to be an emergency manager?
1: I mean, you're gonna have to to step out of your box, your boundaries. You know, everyone wants to sit in their cubicles and their their the comforts of their their office. I mean, you got to go to these kids first. You yeah. have to go to the high schools. You have to show them that you are a real person and get onto their level, just like the cops do. You know, the cops they come. I remember when I was in school, they would come to our, our high school. But yeah, they weren't gonna be talking about like the criminals or anything like that, but they made it. Fun, you know. Whether they were introducing like games or something, they were giving incentives to the kids. I think that the kids they want incentives. They want something to, that that makes them feel a part of it. And you know, maybe inviting them to um, be volunteers. You know, the high schoolers to volunteer with you or to shadow you or, or something of that nature. But take them into an environment outside of your office that's you know not. Boring. I mean, it, I, I guess it to me it's a little complex because I haven't really thought about high schoolers in that sense. But again, Brian, I mean, D- Daniel, sorry. Uh, it's about you know you being enthusiastic, you being passionate, showing your passion through your job. But you could be passionate about your job and be boring about it. So I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, there's there, there there a reason why we don't have like like live emergency manager you know how they have like live pd and live rescue you know it's like live emergency manager wouldn't yeah, be an exciting. Uh, a lot sure. of what
2: we do is behind the scenes uh, until, you know, yeah, until it it's is. needed and then we're and then we're helping coordinate support you know which is it's awesome but a lot of it is is behind the scenes and it's not really you know all that uh, it's not really all that exciting at times you know but you, you got to really enjoy it and ultimately the, the underlying reason why I do it is because of, of so many aspects of being able to help in so many different avenues and support those who respond. I used to, I come from a responder background myself and, um, I transitioned to this, not necessarily by mistake, but, uh, by, uh, seeing a need. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now it's, it's, you know, I'm extremely passionate about what I do and, and I only hope that it shows when, when I talk about what it is that I do and how I do it and when I'm teaching and, and, and promoting what it is that we do. So ultimately, um, I agree with you 100%. We need to, we need to drive the, the, the profession and, 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 and the get the inspiring merchant manager to know that like, this is really what I want to do and this is why. So, um, uh, Todd, do you want to take the next question? Because I, I have several for you, Brandy.
0: I, I do. And I just want to this my my question is pretty straightforward. Is like, what have you learned um from the aspiring emergency manager organization that you created? Like what what is like the biggest hurdle that the people talk about in that group?
1: Mentoring. Mm-hmm. Mentoring. Um, right now the biggest hurdle for me is is trying to get the aspiring emergency managers also engaged They I think that that's the hardest because they are so fearful of being judged by professional emergency managers. Um, they don't want to, I mean, they want to ask for help and they want to ask for mentors, but they don't know how to, mm-hmm. because they are afraid that if they do, it'll make it seem like they don't know. Um, and so I'm trying to encourage them. And that's what AEMO is doing, is trying to give them um, a path into creating their own identity within mm-hmm. emergency management. Um, and so I'm trying to bring them on and, you know, like, let's do a, a newsletter. Let's do let's do this. And trying to find what, what they're passionate about, trying to pull out their niches. And then with, with that, it'll build their confidence up. And I feel like a lot of them, even with master's degrees, they don't have that confidence to ask the questions that are necessary. So they're just floundering. So I'm trying to get this interaction going with AEMO. That's been a struggle and trying to actually get the professional emergency managers to even engage with them. And and not just behind the, the scenes, you know, not just in private messages, but if like, let's say... Uh, John posts a question, he doesn't really get much response, you know, and I'm trying, unless somebody says, oh, well, send me a message. Well, he's asking the question and he wants that question to be answered right there, not in a private message. And that answer might help somebody else, true, true. you know, who might have that same question. So right now, that's a, that's what I'm really struggling with right now is to, to get that um, public interaction going and to, to build the confidence that I feel like I have and trying to use that as an example. And I know not everybody's gonna do that. There's a lot of introverts, you know, <laughs> that aren't gonna wanna um, ask these questions, but you know, closed mouths don't get fed and I'm trying to show that. To these emer- these aspiring emergency managers, you need to start asking the questions, and and AEMO is that perfect opportunity because I want this whole organization to feel, you know, like it's you're comfortable, like you can, like it's your house. You right. can ask these questions. No one's going to judge you. You know, if somebody judges you, that's their own personal issue. But you're you're still learning. And a lot of professional emergency managers understand that they're not critical of you; they're, they they want to help. Right?
0: You know, and I'm going to take this t- opportunity right now to uh, tell all the emergency managers out here that are listening, and uh, a lot of you guys are my friends, right? I want you all to to get on to LinkedIn and uh, onto this organization. Uh, the links are below in the show notes, uh, and look it, find these new emergency managers that are coming up, and become that mentor. Right. Or if you don't have the time or right or make the time, you know, find somebody who does. And, you know, we know the network and we really need to really encourage these um, uh, the, the next generation of emergency managers to come up. Hey, Daniel, you know what? We're, we're coming up to our, our hard break. And um, I have a question for you, though. Remember Brian Scroggins? Dude. You know, he's running for the second VP for IAEM. I heard, yeah, and you know what? I I got to tell you something. Brian was part of our group. Daniel and I were in our group, and he worked on uh, realistically helping out with mass communications and that stuff. You know, he has a really great background in emergency management. He responded to uh, the uh, the Route 91 um, shooting in the Vegas uh, at the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an amazing guy. Uh, I, I'm going to say I, I am supporting uh, Brian in his quest to become the second VP for IAEM, and I recommend and, and that, that you vote for him as well. Uh, please just jump on there when we have this open, because I think, number one, he has leadership skills in the background. He actually is the deputy director of the state charter schools, authority in Nevada, working with 65 schools, 5,000 or 50,000 students. Doing emergency management and planning for them. He has a really good background in emergency management. Went to the Executive Academy with Daniel and I, and I think that he is a awesome person and a great candidate for IEM. I would so, second that. Thank you. All right. Well, that's real quick. Let's hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, Brandy, I know Daniel has a bunch of questions for you.
1: Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, We're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking, allowing emergency communication, even when networks are down, augmented reality, and real-time translation. We believe in the power of people to help each other stay safe and thrive.
0: Are you looking for that bag to help you keep organized as you travel around something you could carry with you every day well van quest was founded with a simple mission to build the toughest bags and packs for you to carry every day and to help you stay organized and prepared van quest has been making the ultra durable bags and packs since 2011 and their bags and packs are trusted by the clients such as the fbi u.s secret service and us socom yes that is the u.s special operations command Their bags and packs offer the best organization for the user-friendly experience, such as the high visibility interior for the users. And I'm telling you something, I love that orange inside the bag because I can find the things I need quickly. I love my VanQuest bag. Don't forget, they offer free shipping, 100-day return guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. And if you put in EM weekly, all caps, all one word, you get 10% off your total purchase. VanQuest.com. Hey, thank you for listening to those sponsors, and uh, if you go to let them you know you heard them here on Ian Weekly, and I'm telling you, that VagQuest bag, Brandy, I, I love that bag. You know, okay. I do, I I really do, and it's just, I mean, like, I, okay, first of all, I gotta say, say something. My wife gets, me, gets on me because, like, I am, like, a tactical nylon geek, right? I mean, like, I, I have bags, I have all different, whether different companies, right? And I, I, um, yeah. So I got the Vanquist bag and the interior of it's this bright orange. And so like, I've lost stuff. Like I'm looking, I pull everything out looking for things with the interior being orange. You, you don't lose things. Things just stand out. So that's why I like it. Anyway, I'm just a nerd. Uh, it, <laughs> you know? We could talk tactical nylon all day long and I'm happy about that as well, but we're not here to okay. talk about tactical <laughs> nylon. We're here to talk about you and your organization. And our Daniel has a bunch of questions.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Brandy, I'd like to expand, uh, kind of go dive in a little bit deeper to, to your mentor, um, you know, expectations. And and I'd also like to say that, you know, as far as emergency management goes, and one of the reasons why I love it so much is the the amount of willingness to cooperate and to network and to engage. And if if, if you're having issues with finding mentors for these aspiring emergency managers, I'd be ashamed of emergency managers who would choose not to mentor others Um so I, I want to say, what, what kind of system do you have in place or do you have a system? And if not, maybe we can help develop one as far as Absolutely. how you connect aspiring emergency managers to a, a mentor and maybe one that that uh, is, is along the lines of do, does what they want to do.
1: Yeah. So right now um, the group is just in, it's in an, it's in an infantile infantile stage. Um, So mentoring right now, is just a person just asking, you know, and saying, Hey, I need somebody to mentor me. It's nothing. There's nothing that's actually set in place. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not a program or anything like that. Um, So I'm open to all ideas as far as how to connect people with mentors that, You know, they can benefit from that actually fit with them because right now it's just, hey, I'm looking for somebody and then Mm -hmm. somebody showing up and saying, hey, connect with me, you know, let's talk. So that's all I have going right now.
2: I'd like to, I'll volunteer my service. If I can help you in any way in that, in that aspect of things, please let me know Um, as far as being able to point people in the right direction. That's what, that's what I'm good at. As far as uh, emergency management in general, though, it's about, it's Mm. about networking, connecting and and being in, and being willing to cooperate with other people. So, um, but a lot of it is just being able to um, and willing to invest in in others and and their, how they aspire to become emergency managers is, you know, on, on my podcast itself is, is about how do we, educate uh, Mm -hmm. not only um, the new emergency manager, but the existing emergency manager. And um, that's, that's a big part of it is mentoring. Even as a um, seasoned emergency manager myself, I have mentors so uh, you know, right. so it, it's it's you know an aspiring emergency manager absolutely needs needs someone to mentor them, and and if we can help in that way, and I and I'm volunteering, Todd. So Todd, he's <laughs> in on this conversation. <laughs> so yeah, if we can help in that way, uh, please yeah, please so, allow us to do so.
1: <laughs> so right now, we actually are trying to start this three minute informational video. I did one, well, one of uh, the professional emergency managers, Barbara Payne. She did one last Monday. And my hope is to to start to have professional emergency managers twice a month, the first Monday and the the third Monday of every month, uh, do a three minute informational video discussing what it's like to be an emergency manager in their field. What does it mean to be an emergency manager and, and anything that will benefit the aspiring emergency manager. And I'm hoping that these videos will connect and see, let aspiring emergency managers know who these people are, and then it connects them in that way. So that's the one way that I have that that's going right now. But outside of that, Daniel, if you want to help out, I am I would be more than grateful because right now I'm telling you, I'm tired trying to sure. get this boat. I and and I don't and I and I can't come up with all the ideas. That's why there's AEMO. It's it's for everybody. If everybody if somebody sees like if it's like a professional emergency manager, if they have an idea that will enhance AEMO and will also educate and motivate aspiring emergency managers please, I don't, I'm not going to turn down anybody's idea unless it's just like self-promotion, right. you know, um, which I, I frown upon in, in some aspect. But again, like if it's there to help aspiring emergency managers become successful, emergency managers, I'm open for it. And even if it's aspiring emergency managers that have an idea that will help benefit everybody especially the aspiring emergency managers, I'm open to it. So if you have an idea for a mentorship program or how we can connect the aspiring emergency managers in an efficient way to the professional emergency managers, let's, let's talk about it. And let's do it. Absolutely. I look forward to that conversation.
0: You know what, uh, Daniel and Brandy, there, there was an article a couple of years ago that was in emergency management magazine. And it basically said that, this my generation, right, or maybe the generation just before me, uh, is retiring out, right, mm-hmm. and because they're retiring out, there's going to be this huge void in the, the the body of work, a body of knowledge of emergency management, and the new generation if coming up has to learn it again, and and I really took, I took a not offense that's not the word I'm looking for, but I I, I took a difference to that uh, article because. Mentorship is where it's at. Right. And whether, you know, we're moving out the older generations moving out of being active emergency managers and you got the next generation coming up behind us, we should as as an organization should really take the new EMS coming through and mentor them up. Because if you think about police and fire and EMS. Right. I mean, we I know they have academies and things like this. But yeah, when they come into the organization, they go through like field training officers, and they go through um, those type of 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 bringing that person into what the job is. And we and I know that in emergency management, it's a little different because you get a job and you end up being like in your silo, and you they put you in a desk in the corner of your office, you know, and they go, okay, go do emergency manager stuff. And you might not have that person to, to walk you through, but this is where it, being involved in organizations like yours, Brandy, really makes a difference. So I do really thank you for for doing and, and the rest of your group that's putting this together of organizing this and, and, and really shouting at the top of your lungs, if you can, on LinkedIn saying, help us. Right. Mm-hmm. Help us become emergency managers. So congratulations on that. And again, I'm challenging all my EM friends out there that are listening to us today to share this first, share this story because Brandy's voice needs to be heard. And then second, well, get involved. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so um there is an emergency management group on Facebook. and And I know you're a part of it, Todd, because I actually saw your name first before I saw anybody else's. Um, And and you introduced me to your group, um, Ian Weekly on Facebook, and so I joined. But anyways, um, I remember being in that group, and that was my first emergency management group that I was a part of, and it left a really bad taste in my mouth because there was aspiring emergency managers that were on there. Um, Many of them were graduating out of the master's program and were struggling trying to get into the field. Mm-hmm. and um a lot of them were not received well when they were asking for help yeah and i just was like is this what the field is like it's hard if you can't nobody's willing to share information and and it was like hey i need help with this what do i do i'm having an issue trying to get in here and they're like oh well, you don't have that you know this skill and that skill so good luck it was like a dead end and when I got onto LinkedIn after that, it was a different atmosphere Mm. and people were more open and, and I can see why aspiring emergency managers are so reluctant to ask for help because even I've experienced this where I've, you know, somebody said, Hey, connect with me. I'm willing to help you on anything you need. And then I, and I connect with them and I ask them for help and I get ghosted. And that happens more so often than a person replying back. I would say that that's about a good seventy-five percent of the time, yeah. and and that is very discouraging. That's for me, but I also know talking to other aspiring emergency managers that they're also feeling that discouragement, and so they're like again, they're not, they're reluctant to ask for help and to seek out a mentorship. So, I just that's yeah very no, frustrating.
0: I, I feel you what do you think Daniel
1: uh, you know
2: I you know ultimately uh, the emergency manager as I said earlier the emergency management profession those who actually work in it and are doing it is very willing to collaborate network and, and usually very willing to share um, so it's in LinkedIn in general as you say you saw the you saw a change from Facebook to LinkedIn LinkedIn is the professional um, the professional network versus the uh, social network Network and mm-hmm. it necessarily, you know, it's so there's a different, uh, there's a dim- different atmosphere. I, I would, I would agree. Um, but as far as LinkedIn goes, you know, I, I agree that it's just the professional aspect. I'm glad you experienced um, a, a better, uh, you got have a better experience on LinkedIn. And I'm very impressed with the, the way that you went about creating this uh, organization and, 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 and building aspiring emergency managers. And, and, and I personally am one that I just want to offer my assistance and say, how can we help build those, connect those people with mentors, give them the the advice they need, give them some direction uh, and give them more than that. You know, ultimately is, is the proper, uh, the proper introduction to emergency management.
0: That's not the proper introduction. Mm-hmm. Brandon. we're coming right. close to the end here, and I want to give you the opportunity to, you know, again, talk about your organization. How do people find you and 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 how do first of all, how do aspiring emergency managers get involved?
1: And you can just get involved any way you can. If you're in AEMO, um, I you don't have to ask me for permission. I'm just the founder, I'm just the owner. It's a collaboration of everybody working together um and so as long as it's benefiting aspiring emergency managers and not self promotion then again it's it's your oyster you can do whatever you want feel free to start webinars feel free to start your own podcast feel free to do whatever it is that you feel will benefit everyone in the group and as far as connecting with me i'm always on linkedin I think I'm on LinkedIn too much. Um, and so <laughs> that is a that is like the best way to get a hold of me.
0: Outstanding. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for Brandy. First of all, thank you for taking out your your morning to be here with us. And, and it's great. It's great to see you. I, I love interacting with you on, on LinkedIn. I love interacting with, with all the emergency managers and aspiring emergency managers on LinkedIn. Uh, Daniel, thank you for your time as well. Please don't forget thank to you. follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter, YouTube, you know, uh, and also on your favorite podcast player. And hey, this uh, Thursday, the 27th of, of August, um, Ian Weekly is hosting a webinar on how to reopen safely uh, to after this COVID thing. So join us on the 27th and uh, with Titan HST and Ian Weekly to talk about opening, reopening safely uh, after this or during this COVID crisis.